Welcome to the Woodlands Online Sports Presentation of the Weekly Fallout Sports Show where we talk about everything local sports and kind of regional sports and everything else. My name's Eric Endicott, host of the show. Bob Slovak couldn't be with us today, so I got Julio Vargas. Did I say that right? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Julio's dressed way better than I am today, much more comfortable. In your clothes than I, just came in for work, pulled him in for the show. Glad you joined us today. Hey, today, really excited to talk about playoff basketball. Oh, yeah. You've been covering all the games. College Park's doing a great job. All the other teams didn't fare so well, but College Park played a really, really close one. So if you didn't know, College Park High School boys basketball team, first place in district, 15-0 and 0 in district, um, had a phenomenal season, played Aldine Eisenhower. We broadcasted the game. You were there with your camera doing your magic. It was a great game. I mean, it was a great game. Uh, tough opponent. Yeah. Very tough opponent for College Park. But in the end, you know what happened. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Eisenhower, really good team. Fourth place in 14-6A district, which was Westfield, Spring, Nimitz, and Eisenhower. And to start the game, they came out hot, you know, 4-2, I think. Um, College Park had some turnovers, but then Ty Buckman kicked in, kicked in with his dimes because he was he was uh, really aggressive to the bucket, and they went on a 8-0 run. I think eventually a 10-2 run to kind of separate themselves, and they were winning by I think at 11 at mm-hmm. halftime, and then Eisenhower came out in the second half, and they all heart, all fight, and they played you know a really tough second half. From your point of view, how did you see it? Uh, I saw it as uh, College Park kind of came off a little bit slow, mm-hmm. obviously, uh, and then some of the other players stepped up, mm-hmm. other than the Ty Buckman, Darrell uh, Reese. Darrell Reese. Right. Darrell Reese is usually completely on fire at the well, beginning. So. Yeah, well, check out this. So they got uh, Ibi Zube, they got uh, James, um, they got uh, Singh. Uh, they got some big men that come in and play some big-time roles down low. But Martez James, check out these stats, 21 points. 15 boards so big presence by James he was our player of the game interviewed him after the game he's super happy his older brother uh, played last year for College Park good kid Um, Ty Buckman ended the game with eight assists and uh, he was really the catalyst of kind of separating in the first half and then in the second half, um, you know, it's all College Park defense, and that's what they've been about all year mm-hmm. long, you know, just that aggressive defense still on the ball. And they can shoot threes, but they were just – I didn't see a lot of threes go up. I just see a lot of aggressive play towards the basket, you know. Oh, of course. And I, I think their game plan kind of changed up a little bit when they saw their opponent, and uh, that defense really shined throughout the entire game. Yeah, absolutely. So College Park – 22 in the state of Texas, they will face a very tough Cy Falls basketball team, number 10 in the state of Texas, at the Woodlands High School tomorrow night. That's Friday, 7 p.m. Hope we're broadcasting it. Mm -hmm. We're waiting to hear. But that's going to be an awesome game. Um, College Park really has to play well. I mean, really well to beat a Cy Falls team. They ran into Cy Ranch last year, kind of similar situation, same round. And uh, they battled. They had Drew Calderon leading the way last year, and he's at Austin Peavy now uh, doing well in his freshman season. But looking forward to watching that game as well. Grand Oaks had Nimitz, which was the third-place team, um, as Grand Oaks was a second-place team uh, in district and, and lost a tough one 
by two points to Nimitz. Uh, Samuel uh, Nikasa had 25 points, uh, 17 of those coming in the first half. Uh, broadcasted uh, one of his games. He was a player of the game, interviewed him. He's a good interview. I like I like Nikasa. I told him, hey, man, you're a big physical guy. You, you get down low and you do work, and I think he did the other night uh, against Nimitz. Uh, Woodlands, tough one against Springs. So Woodlands was third place. They had to uh, face 14-6A district. Spring also in the top 20 state um, and lost 62-53. Um, so, you know, great season by the Highlanders and Coach Del Reed. Um, better season by Shea Eberwine. Uh, was averaging 24 points in district play, and I think he finished district or the season averaging just about 21 points a game. He's just a junior. He's got another mm-hmm. year left. Ian Enman just made the move up from JV to varsity the last couple of games. He's a freshman. I used to coach him and YMCA basketball back in the day. Love this kid. He's going to be a ball player um, in in the future, in the next three years. So Highlanders are going to look really good um, the next couple of years, especially next year with Eberwine and Inman. And then Conroe, tough one. Oh. They had to play uh, Westfield, uh, mm-hmm. ranked number three in the state. Westfield, really, really good team. Lost 77-50 uh, to Westfield. So congrats to those teams. Uh, for making the playoffs, having a phenomenal year. And uh, I hope everybody in 136A is rooting for the Cavaliers as they face Cy Falls this Saturday or this Friday at 7 p.m. And back with girls basketball, big, big story. The Conroe Tigers, I'm so proud of Conroe Tiger ladies team. Um, they uh, were facing a really good Klein Collins team. Um, in the uh, regional um, quarterfinals, right? And Mm -hmm. that's the game you hit after area. And if you win that game, you get to go to the regional tournament, semifinals, finals. You win that game, you go to the final four at state. And they were down 38-37. And Renaya Lewis hits a buzzer beater with one second left three-pointer to win that game that's something lewis is going to remember for the rest of her life oh yeah i'm so happy for her and the lady tigers Um, they're going to move on to the regional tournament for the first time since 2017 conroe 25 and 7 now catch this they got to face duncanville (laughs) and duncanville boys and girls powerhouse in texas basketball at least over the last few years i'm very familiar with the boys team uh, coached by uh, Coach Peavy, a uh, really, really legendary coach, a uh, really good legendary coach in the Dallas area. So Duncanville 33-6, and six, and that's who the Tigers got to face. They're going to play that game at Dallas Fieldhouse, or Davis Fieldhouse in Dallas. Um, that game's going to start at 8 p.m. Grand Oaks was also there in the regional quarterfinal. They lose a tough one to Tomball Memorial. 42-31. Hats off to the Lady Grizzlies for making uh, deep, in, you know, a, a few rounds into the playoffs. Um, it's always tough in in any football, basketball, baseball. When you get to the playoffs, there's always tough games. So, 
Go Conroe Tigers. We're rooting for you. Good luck up in Dallas. Um, give Duncanville your all. We know you'll do your best, and uh, we're going to we're gonna root for you. I'm going to pull for you to go to state and win it all. Um, so good luck, and, and uh, congratulations to Grand Oaks Grizzlies on a great season. So now to kind of local college basketball, UH, you know, they, uh, they dropped two games last week against SMU and Memphis. Bob and I talked about that last week. They got a big win over UFC at home, 70-52, with balance scoring from White Edwards, Sheed, and, and more all in double figures, 14-12, uh, 11-10, stuff like that. Um, so, you know, the Final Four team from last year had Quentin Grimes, um, and Coach Sampson has these, these guys just playing well. They're injured. Um, they have a lot of injuries early on in the season and in conference play. Uh, so they're, you know, trying to – have players step up and fill those roles really important in team sports when that happens and then they win a tough road game at wichita state 56 54 with uh the carlton's 23 points 11 rebounds and kyla edwards uh, 11 points 10 rebounds so again those guys stepping up and then they play uh they played two lane uh last night on the road don't have the update from that um but uh believe they won that game so uh back on track i think they're going to get a five seed right now in the lombardi projections that's where they're at in the tournament um i still think they're a team that can still make the final four like they did last year they're just as good even though they don't have quentin grimes back hopefully they'll get sasser back they'll get their injured players back and and uh be able to come up come up big Big 12, Texas Tech keeps it rolling. I was in Austin. I took my son to that game. And, um, you know, Red Raiders travel well. Um, it was a crazy atmosphere in the Frank Irwin Center. Um, Frank Irwin Center, and a lot of people don't know this, historical, you know, Coliseum there in in uh, Austin where UT boys and girls play their basketball games. And then it's where Metallica and George Strait and, you know, just Willie Nelson and, like, just so many – so many great acts and concerts there over the years. Last night, Texas beat TCU, the second to last game. They got one more game in the Irwin Center on Monday night against Baylor. It's going to be huge. And then they move into the Moody Center, which is going to be a beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful basketball and concert venue. Can't wait to see that happen. But Texas Tech, the big story, tied with Baylor in second place, Kansas in first. Uh, really control their own destiny, need some help with Kansas loss here in these next couple of games. I don't know if they're going to be rooting for Texas to beat Kansas on March 5th when Texas drive flies up to uh, to Lawrence to play them. Um, not a lot of – a little bit of animosity between Tech and, and Texas because of the Chris Beard situation mm-hmm. leaving them. Uh, but just fun basketball to watch. My favorite time of the year, March Madness. March Madness is – Probably one of the best times besides the start of football, obviously, but yeah. March Madness is a great time of year. Absolutely. So we'll see how all that goes. That You know, last games happen pretty much that March 5th. Um, then everybody jumps into their conference tournaments over the weekend and then Selection Sunday, and that's just so much fun that night and just seeing where everybody's going to go. Mm-hmm. And there's a chance, you know, so there's a, a, a regional and – um, you know, there, there's there's a few rounds in San Antonio, Fort Worth, and then the Final Four is in New Orleans. So there's a real chance for a lot of these Texas schools 
to be real easy to travel mm-hmm. to, you know. So San Antonio, Fort Worth, get ready, especially if the Red Raiders get that pathway because Red Raider Nation is going to invade. I promise you that, mm-hmm. um, you know. And then, you know, how about a Final Four in New Orleans, Ooh. you know. I mean, you can't ask for a better party city uh, right there yeah, with yeah. everybody. And oh, so, man. and so, when you pick your brackets, do you want all the party schools to make it like just for the better atmosphere, right? Exactly. You know, let's see, let's see who we can get on Bourbon Street. But um, you know, good luck to all the Big Twelve schools um, and and the AAC schools. UH, we're obviously rooting for the hometown team here. Um, talked a little bit about MLB baseball lockout. You know, I. I Saw saw a snippet where they met, and the meeting lasted 15 minutes, and I was like, oh, that's not good, but no. they keep meeting, and I just I don't know if the owners and players will ever get together. You were saying something about um, the, the you know, they're taking away some games now or something like that, just trying to, you know, make the schedule work, but I hope I hope they get it together. It's the national pastime. Yep. Um, I get everything's a business in the professional world, and there's just so much money involved um, with all that stuff. So, um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I like watching the Astros play. I love watching the Astros <laughs> play. I mean, this lockout just kind of, you know, hopefully it gets resolved soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know everybody's asking for money and everything, and. Yeah. You know, money's one thing, but we want to see stuff. And a lot of people don't understand, like, we're just at the end of February. Baseball season, when does it usually start at the end of April mm-hmm. or, or something like that? Well, that's why the pitchers and catchers report back in, you know, at the beginning of February. You know, there's a lot that goes on to prepare these guys to throw 100 miles an hour and, you oh, know, yeah. that type of stuff. Just a big skill set level. So, smart probably why they're adjusting the schedule a little bit. And all that good stuff. So, this week's um, segment of the weekly call-out, i got to bring it up, Jawan Howard. <laughs> so, if you don't know the story, University of Michigan was in Madison, Wisconsin, playing University of Wisconsin. And um, um, Wisconsin was winning. The game was pretty much decided. It was in the final, you know, 30 seconds of the game. Uh, Wisconsin coach uh, put his reserves in. And Michigan was still pressing, you know, still yep. still full court press, kind of like mm-hmm. College Park does to people, but yeah. still full court press. And the game's already decided. It's like a 14-point deficit. Mm-hmm. So mathematically, there's just no way, um, no Reggie Miller situation where he's going to hit nine threes in 30 seconds or anything like that. Um, but Juwan Howard, so what happened was is they were pressing. The reserves were having issues getting the ball over the half court and the ball went out of bounds. Well, Wisconsin coach called a timeout to reset the 10-second mark or 10-second count to get the ball over half court. And uh, I guess Juwan Howard took exception to that. So in the handshake line, they kind of brushed by each other. Wisconsin coach, I guess, didn't like how Juwan was, was brushing back, grabbed him. Which, you know, not a good move at all. You just don't ever put any, you know, if the guy's going to address it in the media or in the hall afterwards or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then melee happens. You know, they start Mm -hmm. yelling at each other. And then Juwan Howard did something a coach should never, ever do. And, um, yeah, 
At first, it was like a punch, but if you slow it down, he's like trying to, you know, I'm not just trying, trying to, grab to grab his him. ear or yeah. something like that. But he was definitely one to put his hands on him. Um, just something unacceptable you can't ever do. And then afterwards, and you know, the aftermath of all this, you, you hear all the talking heads talking about we, some of them are like, we got to do, you know, he needs to be fired or we got to do away with handshake lines. And mm. I'm like, Handshake lines, like, you know, what happened to sportsmanship? You know, Julio? No, I totally agree. And I actually had this conversation with uh, our editor, and I was like, hey, what do you believe in? What, what, do you believe in that handshake afterwards? And it, it is he, – he brought to my attention that it is a big thing. It's like, hey, let's leave it on the court. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to get angry, but it's on the court. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, it's over. Handshake, sportsmanship, yeah. congratulations on the win, even though – you know, it was a tough, tough loss for us. Yeah. And, you know, professional golf or golf in general, just as a sport, is, is a gentleman's game, right? Mm-hmm. You you keep track of your score. You keep track of your penalties. You keep track of if something goes wrong, take your hat off after no matter what, shake mm-hmm. hands, all that. But it, to me, shaking hands is a part of sport. And, and, and here's why. You know, we're playing a game right it's a game Mm -hmm. so nothing's bigger than you know there's a lot of things bigger than that life is bigger than that but a lot of you know a lot of these kids are aspiring athletes and aspiring future student athletes and and whatnot I've coached thousands of kids in youth sports and every single team I've ever had I've always told them we win with class and we lose with class and it doesn't matter you know, coaches can have conversations outside, but to me, that's just part of the game, you know, and and uh, it's something that always needs to be there. But a lot of these coaches and I'm not trying to second guess Juwan Howard. He's, you know, a legend in college basketball, professional basketball, NBA, and, and uh, you know, gets paid a lot of money to represent a great university, University of Michigan. Go Big Blue. Um, but you got to be able to control your emotions in those situations. You know, there's a time and place for everything. And the handshake line is just that, the handshake line. Mm-hmm. And I'll even take it as far as, like, I remember having kids that, you know, as soon as the, you know, football games or basketball games was over, I said, hey, nothing but good game. And that didn't mean – that didn't matter if we just barely won, won by 20, lost by 40. It didn't matter. But in, whenever something went wrong in the handshake line, for me, it was always a teachable moment about sportsmanship. And we would address it. Uh, definitely not address it the way Jawan did. No. Um, but, yeah, Jawan, he got suspended for a couple of games. I thought that was the right move. Um, I wish he would come out, and I don't know if he had at the beginning, uh, right after the game. It didn't seem like he was too worried about apologizing. But he just needs to understand that, you know, all the kids that look up to him, A, and then B, the, the institution that he represents um, and, and what a privilege it is for those guys to get to do something and, and get highly paid to do something you love and A, playing a game and B, coaching a game. Um, and it's just a game, you know. So just one of those things, you know, final thoughts on Jawan? Yeah, I – I think it's unacceptable to do that, especially in front of the kids that you're you're coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does that say about him, though? What 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 does that say as far as like him coaching versus him being a player? Mm-hmm. Did that kind of bleed into that coaching moment? That Did that that mentality happen? I heard a lot about he was from the south side of Chicago, and I don't you know like mm-hmm. I I get it. He's an inner city kid and he's tough and all that stuff. But again, he's 
He's a very cultured and seasoned guy. He's been in professional sports. He was the Fab Five. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, I mean, just go on and on and on. <clears throat> and I definitely think that, that his emotions um, got the better. It's just a situation where you just you just have to uh, – you, you have to control the emotions, you know. I always love the clips, and there's many – there's a few different ones, but of the coaches when the other team didn't shake their hands, they just went down and shook air, you know, <laughs> to go through the motions. Yeah. And Tom Izzo, the head coach of Michigan State University, had a great clip um, during a uh, press conference where he talked about that. And he even said, you know, if, if 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 the other team doesn't shake hands, me and my players were shaking air down the line and – you know, he said, that, you know, this is just part of the game and, and uh, it's just something that, that um, you know, we got to do better for our kids. We got to be better role models. And whether you want to or not, you're just in that position. And, again, it's a privilege um, to be in that position to be involved and get paid for um, playing a sport or coaching a sport that, you know, not everybody, 1% of the players that ever played or coaches that ever wanted to do it get to do it on that high of a level and make that much money, um, you know, uh, uh, doing that. So um, hopefully it'll learn. Hopefully, you know, it causes a lot of discussion in a positive light, and, uh, and, and that'll, you know, that'll help out. So um, thanks for joining us today on the weekly fallout and listening to Julio, my main man. <laughs> He's the sports director here at Woodlands Online Sports. Um, Again, College Park will play Cy Falls tomorrow night, Friday, 7 p.m. at the Woodlands High School. Working on getting that broadcast in order. Can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, good luck to UH and all the Big 12 teams as they battle out the end of the season. Get to that March Madness. Get their seeds, the fan bases. Get to know where they're traveling to and all that stuff. Most importantly, Congrats and good luck to the Conroe Tigers. Ladies, mm-hmm. go get Duncanville. Y'all bring home a, a, a regional trophy, and then let's get to Austin and win a state championship. Mm-hmm. For Eric Indicott, Julio, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week.